The other day, CNN ran an article called President Trump's Winning Streak, where they talk about how Trump has kept his promises, how he's succeeding, unemployment is way down, and this is going to benefit the Republicans coming into the midterms and to his 2020 reelection. But this also means the Democrats and the left are on a losing streak. And the reason for this, in my opinion, is that they refuse to self-reflect. Often when I post on Facebook and say, hey, maybe you should condemn the violence that's been going on for the past few years that is fueling Republicans, they won't do it. When they push for Democratic Socialist candidates, and many people, even mainstream Democrats, say, don't do this. Not only are you splitting the Democratic Party, but you're actually losing moderates. They don't care. They just fight among themselves. Brett Kavanaugh is now a Supreme Court justice. And many people, especially Democrats, are saying that Michael Avenatti is, he really helped the Republicans. Because when he brought forth these accusations from Julie Swetnick of gang rape against Kavanaugh, they immediately lost credibility. It made it sound like the claims against Kavanaugh were absolutely ridiculous. And Michael Avenatti refuses to accept that he did actually help the Republicans. So let's take a look at a few examples of exactly how the Democrats are losing and why they won't reflect on what they need to do better. But before we get started, please head over to patreon.com forward slash TimCast to help support my work. Patrons are the backbone of the content I create. So if you like these videos and you want to see more and you like the videos on my second channel, please go to patreon.com forward slash TimCast to help support my work. Well, it's not the first time, but CNN ran an article called President Donald Trump's Winning Streak, where they talk about... Trump winning. They say only a re-election party on the night of November 3rd, 2020 could possibly offer the same vindication for America's most unconventional commander-in-chief as the 36 hours in which two foundational strands of his political career are combining in a sudden burst of history. Trump became an undeniably consequential president when Senate voted Saturday to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, consecrating the conservative majority that has long been the impossible dream of the GOP. On Friday, Trump had celebrated the best jobs data in 49 years as the unemployment rate dipped to 3.7%, offering more proof of a vibrant economy that the president says has been unshackled by his tax reduction program and scything cuts to business regulations. So yes, even CNN now saying that Trump is on a winning streak, but this means that the left is on a losing streak. They've lost two Supreme Court seats. They didn't win the 2016 presidential election, and their base is being split by many activists calling for more far-left candidates. So let's take a look at one of these stories where they need to reflect on the mistakes they've made. CNN ran this story. Democrats say Avenatti undercut their case against Kavanaugh. Senate Democrats believed they had Brett Kavanaugh on the ropes. Christine Blasey Ford had just revealed her identity and was prepared to testify in public detailing her allegations that Kavanaugh had tried to sexually assault her more than three decades ago. On top of that, A New Yorker article had just revealed that a second woman, Deborah Ramirez, was accusing Kavanaugh of exposing himself to her while they were in college. Then came Michael Avenatti, the combative lawyer who represents Stormy Daniels and who has been a ubiquitous presence on cable television, revealed a stunning new allegation. A woman, Julie Swetnick, said she had witnessed Supreme Court nominee attending more than 10 house parties between 1981 and 1983, where Kavanaugh and his friend Mark Judge were present. At some of those parties, she alleged, Kavanaugh was fondling and grabbing girls without their consent and, along with others, spiking drinks to force girls to lose their inhibitions. She also alleged that at some parties, boys lined up by a bedroom to gang rape incapacitated girls and claim those in the lineup included Kavanaugh and Judge. But she did not say Kavanaugh or Judge assaulted the girls in the bedroom, nor did she provide the names of corroborating witnesses. Chuck Todd of NBC News tweeted, I asked Chris Coons about Senator Kennedy telling me that Michael Avenatti entering the Kavanaugh process changed things dramatically. Quote, I do think he's correct. 
that the widespread response, certainly on the Republican side, was that these were not credible allegations. And Nate Silver added, it sounds like she has about 500 reasons for voting for Kavanaugh in response to Senator Collins. He goes on, still, Avenatti was extraordinarily unhelpful to Democrats. The Democrats had something, an allegation that wasn't ridiculous. It's plausible that a young, drunk Brett Kavanaugh may have sexually assaulted this woman. I believed it. It sounds to me like something a young guy might do. And many people said, maybe he doesn't remember it because he was drunk and it didn't matter to him, but it mattered to her. And I said, that's really interesting. It's a good point. We need evidence, but it is a good point. When the allegations then arose of Brett Kavanaugh gang raping women, it immediately lost all credibility. And everyone then lumped all of the stories into the same thing of ridiculous nonsense that couldn't possibly be true. I had friends asking me if if I thought that Avenatti was actually a Republican operative because he's totally undercutting the Democrats. And it's just wild speculation. No one knows what actually happened. And it's, look, the simple solution is that Avenatti thought he had something that might actually hurt Kavanaugh. Instead, it just discredited everything. And it was made worse when Julie Swetnick went on TV and walked back her claims. From the Daily Wire, Kavanaugh accuser Swetnick walks back some of her explosive allegations. NBC can't verify any of her claims. The story says that in the interview with NBC News, Swetnick said they did not stand in lines but huddled by doors and that she didn't understand what it could possibly be. Swetnick said that she had no idea what the boys were doing outside the doors until she claims she was raped and then in hindsight claimed that it was just too coincidental. Swetnick's credibility has come into question amid recent reports concerning multiple unsubstantiated sexual misconduct claims she's made against employers one of which has accused her of lying about her education and workplace experience. In the interview, she dismissed a political report detailing claims by her ex-boyfriend who filed a restraining order against her in 2001 after he said she threatened him and his family. Swetnick's credibility was attacked relentlessly in the media. She had accusations against her. She walked back her claims. And this was used to blanket every accusation made against Kavanaugh as without credibility, thus undermining the Democrat strategy. But it's not the only thing that's happened. The Democrats actually having the hearing in the first place roused GOP voters, as I've talked about over the past few days. But also think about this. I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but by postponing the confirmation process, they have now set up a major political event one month out from the midterms. And there's two possibilities. They knew they were going to lose. And so by getting Democrats all angry, they hoped that if they got it as close as possible to the midterms, Democrats would hold that anger, get up and go vote. At the same time, they did the same thing to the GOP. I can't say any of it it was on purpose, but it feels like by delaying the vote, all they've done is made everyone angry and increase the likelihood that everyone votes. The reason I think this is bad for them is that the Democrats already had an advantage in terms of enthusiasm for the midterms. They've lost that by engaging in these tactics. But perhaps there is a more core reason as to what's causing Democrats strife. From Politico, Democrats fear they're the wet rag party. Kavanaugh's victory leaves many on the left saying it's time to get mad and even. The story has a quote. It starts, they are more ruthless, said Jennifer Palmieri, who over a quarter century has served as a top aide to Bill Clinton, Hillary Rodham Clinton, and Barack Obama. And I don't want to be like them. The answer can't be for Democrats to be just as cynical. This is more or less the Michelle Obama doctrine. As articulated at the 2016 Democratic Convention, just a few weeks before Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump, when they go low, we go high. Post-Kavanaugh Democrats interviewed this weekend aren't exactly repudiating this idea, but they are qualifying it in more important ways. As they articulate it, their answer is to be more realistic about what they see as Republican strategy, to disregard principle and process in the pursuit of power. 
as they argue the GOP did in ramming through Kavanaugh despite accusations of sexual assault and more disciplined and a long-term way of fighting back. One key, some prominent voices say, is more willingness to behave rudely, even in the more respectable parlors where Democrats historically have turned for validation. Democrats are the first to believe elite opinion and editorial page opinion represent America, and they don't, said Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel. When he worked as an aide to President Bill Clinton, Emanuel said he often heard Clinton's view that ever since Lyndon B. Johnson and Vietnam, Democrats have had a physical allergic reaction about exercising power in pursuit of your goals. I find it interesting that the response to Kavanaugh is Democrats saying perhaps they need to be rude because the Republicans were willing to just push through Kavanaugh even if he had allegations against them. But what they don't realize is that they have been incivil and rude and violent for years. What's interesting, though, is how everyone's kind of in a bubble. Even on the left, there are separate spheres where people can't see out of. When I try and tell my friends who are aligned with the Democratic Socialists about a Bernie Sanders voter getting clubbed over the head and sent to the hospital, they don't know about it. I've actually talked to some anti-fascist activists who didn't know that in Berkeley, someone got clubbed over the head with a bike lock because they're in a bubble where they can only see one thing. And it's probably due to the fact that They have a small amount of friends who only share very specific articles. So when I say that Republicans and moderates who are watching the news can see all of this and you can't, they get mad and they believe that clearly the only reason I'm bringing up the fact that a Bernie Sanders voter was clubbed over the head is because I must be right wing, which is ridiculous. I'm a liberal. And I think that it's when you have people getting clubbed over the head, you are ceding ground to the right. And no matter how many times I try and say, hey, Maybe this is what you need to look at if you want to win. They don't believe it. In fact, on Bill Maher just the other day, Andrew Sullivan brought up how in the Kavanaugh hearings, you had people tweeting that it was reflective of all white men and white male privilege. Soledad O'Brien said, no one is saying that. And even Bill Maher said, I don't think that's the case. But it was. On my Twitter account, I do a good job of balancing out far left voices, far right voices, and media sources in between. And I see this all the time. The people who are paying attention to the news can see what happened with Sarah Zhang. That was a huge moment when the New York Times hired a woman who for years was ragging on white people. Yes, this is pervasive. Even Ezra Klein of Vox wrote about how it was just an inside joke and people shouldn't be too worried when women use the hashtag kill all men, but they will be. And when you call this out and say, hey, Maybe it's an inside joke to you, but it freaks people out. They don't want to listen. On my Facebook, people are saying, why do you always rag on the left, Tim? Because the right is winning. They keep winning. Trump keeps winning, and he's probably going to win again. And the only way the left is going to win is if they change their strategy. But they won't. Because even after they lost the Kavanaugh fight, you can see Democrats are still saying, maybe we need to be rude. No, the problem was you were rude in the first place. The problem was, as Rahm Emanuel said, they think that editorial elite opinion from newspapers reflects America, and it doesn't. So when you go on a tirade on Twitter about how white men are bad, all you're doing is destroying your base. The last thing I want to point out is something I've noticed in the demeanor of those who support Trump and those who don't. I have female friends who are Trump supporters. I don't very often see them crying about what's happening in politics. Trump's got a bunch of federal appointments being blocked and obstructed. They're not crying about it. They kind of just get angry and post memes about it. But look what happens when Brett Kavanaugh gets confirmed. We see a ton of videos of people literally crying. And I think the Democrats have that problem. According to that political article I was reading, they talked about how the Democrats are just weak. They call them, they're, they're scared of being the wet rag party. Yes. I think as many Democrats have pushed further left, the base has flattened out. 
Now there are a lot of moderate Democrats who are strong, who do want good social policy, who don't want to vote for weak candidates who are going to get steamrolled by the far left. And many people in the Democratic Party will just cave to many people on the far left. Keep in mind, Cynthia Nixon lost Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's district by 30 points. The most reasonable thing, in my opinion, is strong center-left Democrats who believe in the things that are close enough to what the left wants, but moderate enough to win back some voters. Trump is on a winning streak. That's CNN's article right there. President Trump is on a winning streak, and that means the left is on a losing streak. And if they're unwilling to self-reflect to improve themselves and their positions, then they get what they deserve. And it's a damn shame especially for people like me who find themselves wanting more policies that are associated with social liberalism, but can't get it because the people on the left who keep losing refuse to listen as to why they're losing. They won't change. They just want to make it worse. There are more calls for incivility, more calls for being rude and getting in people's faces, and it's probably not going to work. Anyway, let me know what you think in the comments below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Twitter at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. More videos coming up on my second channel, youtube.com slash TimCastNews at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.